Welcome to Fugitive Voices, a podcast about books and writers of the new millennium. I'm Pinkney Benedict, a writer and a developmental editor for the press, and my co-host is April Ford, SFK's associate publisher. And here we go. Welcome to Fugitive Voices, a podcast about the books and writers of the new millennium, sponsored by SFK Press. I am uh, one of your hosts, Pinkney Benedict. And I am the other host, April Ford. And today we are here talking with Nicole Byrne, editorial assistant with Southern Fried Karma. Hey, Nicole, how are you? I'm doing well today. How are you? I am. I am a okay. I'm. I'm fine as frog's hair, as we uh, <laughs> as we uh, as we fugitive uh, types say. See. I, 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 for, for whatever reason, and, and our viewers at home, who, who are not our viewers, I suppose, because they cannot see us, would have just seen a complete two people looking at me with complete bafflement, which which really does appear to be my uh, that's my superpower, I guess. That's that is my X Men thing, is that I can uh, we yeah we we're having a perfectly fine conversation before the podcast starts. I make the intro, and then the first thing I say just stops the whole conversation dead. So I will uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to do as little of that as possible in well, the next in the next little while. Some of those things in particular catch me off guard because I don't have any southern roots or so. So I have something I've been enjoying with this position is learning sayings like that. Right. Well, my encyclopedia of that knowledge. That was that was yeah that 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 comes from my mother's family. My mother's from Winchester, Virginia. And, uh, uh, and and fine as frog's hair was how you feel on a regular day, which is, you can imagine, is quite fine. And then uh, on a really great day, you feel fine as frog's hair split five ways. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can see, right? That's, it, it doesn't get any finer than that. I did not realize frogs have hair. They don't. They, they, they do not. That is, that is the joke. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like rare as hen's teeth. A few weeks ago, and I can hear on them. <laughs> Wow. Well, since I work with Nicole um, and kind of know all about her job, yeah, Pinkney, absolutely. What questions would you have? Oh, I thought I thought you were going to take over. All right. Well, <laughs> well, so editorial assistant, who who do you assist, and in what way do you assist that individual? Well, I assist all of our staff members. So I assist April mm-hmm. in her various. Capacity. Yeah. <laughs> capacities. Yep. And I definitely uh, help Steve keep stay organized and on track. Oh my God! Well, that's uh, that's got to be a big job right there. We we keep talking about Steve. Steve is the is sort of the great unknown so far in this <laughs> podcast. We keep threatening that one day Steve will be on the podcast, but uh, I, I think it'll it'll that may that may have to be our last edition. Is the mm-hmm. day that Steve shows up. So. Uh, uh, so tell us, Nicole. We, we, this is we, this we, we, the run, one of the running questions we have is how do you pronounce Steve's last name? McCondici. McCondici. Huh. Okay, I that's a that is a brand new one. We have had we've had we've had many variants, but that was one. Uh, and see, when we do finally get Steve on here, I'm not sure he's going to give us what will supposedly be the definitive answer, but I'm not sure I will believe it. I think well at that point we'll just have to hold a we'll hold a some kind of poll and we'll choose how to how, what which which pronunciation of his last name we prefer. All right, so you keep Steve on the straight and narrow. Which uh, Steve uh, Steve was a student of mine before he became a big wheel in the uh, publishing and multimedia 
world, and that 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 must be a that must be a chore, Nicole. It has its challenges, <laughs> but I like to rise to those challenges. Good for you. Yeah, good for you. That's that is the that's the SFK spirit. <laughs> All right, and so part of your part of your your gig, I understand, and, and uh, this is very exciting to me because I anticipate I'll learn a great deal here. Part of your gig, I gather, is uh, marketing. Yep. All right. Well, I I as a person who who markets nothing and sells nothing, and who is is an eternal disappointment to his various publishers. Because of my refusal to uh, care about sales, um, this is clearly something I very badly need to learn about. And I know uh, from my students in you know, my MFA students and my undergraduate students, it's something they're desperate to understand and learn, and something that you know, I mean, certainly more than kind of in the generation of writers I came up with, writers now are are deeply engaged with their own marketing and with the efforts to move their books. So, so what 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 do you do, and how do you do it, and what's what is the what is the magic of selling a book? Okay, so one of my main responsibilities is helping our books to find reviewers, especially early reviewers that will read the book prior to publication and and publish a review through their own channels, either before publication, on publication, or a little bit after. And and uh, on their own channels. Now you're talking to an old guy here, so and you're a, you're a young person. So on their own channels has a meaning to you that perhaps it does not have for me. So what are their channels like? Where where are you? Are they are they publishing these reviews on Amazon? On their websites? On what? what where are people publishing these reviews? A lot of these reviewers have their own websites, right. and then they will frequently copy and paste the review onto other sites, such as Amazon Goodreads, if they have accounts with those to help authors um, get more views for those reviews. And how do you how do you meet these people? How do you you know? I'm trying to think of anybody. I know a lot of people who read books, but I don't know that I know anybody who has a website about books. So. What, how, do you, how do you find these people? Do you just Google folks with websites about books? Yeah. And I can, everything with marketing begins with Google, and anyone who says differently doesn't know what they're talking about. Okay. Well, that's, uh, yeah. that's interesting to hear. I, I, I would not have guessed that. So, so there are, there are lists exist online that serve to sort of collect domains and names and contact information of reviewers. Um, some of these lists contain repetitive information, but not all of them. My, my big task with collecting reviews and sending out queries for reviews for any of our upcoming books is to go through these lists, read a little bit of what reviewers have written on other books and what type of books they state in their about sections and their reviewer information of what they want to read and try to find who would be a good match for the book that I'm trying to promote. Okay. I spend a lot of time doing this. It takes a long time. <laughs> and then I collect all of this information and then I contact these reviewers one by one with a pitch for the book. And and contact them via email or over Twitter or yeah, via email. Yeah, always, always, always over email. Okay. 
And, and so what, what, what percentage, like, you know, how often do people say yes? How often do people say no? How often do people say yes and take the book and then don't produce? Like what, you know, what, how, how do you, how do you, how do you manage those returns? How does that, how does that turn out for you? Well, the returns are typically pretty low. And one of the reasons for that is because book reviewers are overwhelmed by these requests. Sure. It's not uncommon for a single reviewer to perhaps receive two to 300 emails a week of this nature. So having an email that is coherent, clear, and to the point is really vital. And you want to make sure that if they require any specific information, you follow those guidelines. And... and- and, and, and how many, I mean, at what point does a, does a book reviewer with, uh, with the book reviewer's own website become like a reviewer in whom you are interested? How many, you know, do they have to have so many hits per, you know, per day, per week, per year? Do they have to, how do you, how do you measure the reach of, you know, of somebody's, of somebody's website, you know, review website? I focus less on reach and more on how active they are. Okay. Um, for example, one of sometimes one of the most crushing experiences I always have when I'm trying to find reviewers is I'll find a reviewer that I think is perfect, that I think a book is a perfect match, that they're going to love it, that they're going to enjoy reading about it, that they're going to talk about it to their friends and not just online. And then I find out that their blog hasn't been updated since 2014. Right. And, and there, there are a lot of those folks who sort of get into it and then drop out of it? Yes, because it's, it's hard to keep up with the requests. And something that authors need to remember when contacting these reviewers is that these reviewers are not being paid. It is a hobby for them. Right. And so, so book sales then depends on this loose network of of sort of hobbyist reviewers, right? And I, and I don't use hobbyist in a, you know, in any kind of negative way, right? I mean, that's, that's what we all, I mean, we need way, way more people who read as a serious hobby and who, who take their hobby seriously and, you know, who, who are dedicated to reading and to spreading the words of books and stuff like that. I'm sorry, go ahead. In this context, I'm definitely using hobby as passionate work that is unfortunately uncompensated. Right. In, yeah. In a financial way. Yeah. And, and, but I mean, this whole world in a way, you know, the, the world of independent publishing and independent books and stuff like that depends on a lot of hobbyists, right? I mean, you know, in some ways, you know, it could be said my, you know, my writing, my stories are a sort of hobby in that, in that they've certainly never paid, you know, they, they, you know, they do not make my car payment, you, you know what I mean? And never have. Um, you know, I've been publishing for 30 years. Um, so it's a it's a, it's it's an interesting world, right? I mean, it's you know it's a world where people are very serious about what they, what they do, passionate about what they do, and uh, um, and and it, but relatively few of us are, uh, are you know are are compensated in any meaningful way, right? That is, we would make more money per hour if we managed a McDonald's. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, it's, it's strange. Why do we do it? Why do we do it, Nicole? Why do we do it, April? What is it? What is it all about? It's a mystery. Well, I think it's passion. I think that to get any kind of um, like we both work in publishing, and and you're you know a professor, so we found like other ways of earning a living, doing something that's as closely related to what we love doing as possible. So I think there's that. I think um, I would definitely prefer this over 
managing anything outside of publishing because I don't really, I think my sort of temperaments and sensibilities are either fit for like academia teaching creative writing or working with authors. So I guess that's like the logical answer. Yeah. No, I no, I think that uh, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I often think that if, you know, if it were not, uh, I, I wonder what in the world I would do if there were not a, you know, if there were not a, creative writing faculty, you know, to which I could belong. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure that I'm suited for any other thing. And, and I, it, it must be that way with these reviewers, right? That these are, these are passionate readers, folks who want to, uh, you know, express their, their feelings about the things that they read, want to reach out, want to recommend good books to folks who like good books, that kind of thing. Um, but it's, are there, are there, are there avenues that you, that you, that you follow up? in order to, in order to help these books find their audience? Aside from contacting reviewers? Yeah. 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 What else, what else, what else is is possible? The other significant um, channel that I use is direct media contacts, which is a similar process where I go through lists and spend a lot of time on Google trying to find newspapers, magazines, um, online publications, that may find a book of interest. And again, I pitch them, except this time I do a little bit more formal press release, not just an email with some bare bones info. And I send that out and hope that I have presented a book well enough where it catches someone's eye. And between sifting through local news and 50 other press releases, they catch a little sparkle and they're like, I, I want to know more about this. And then I open up my inbox the next day and I have that wonderful email sitting there. Right. And then, and then you follow up with that and get, and get them the book and, and yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. Get review copies out, get them anything they need. Yeah. Well, so in the, um, you know, I, I, from day to day, I see a lot of undergraduates and a lot of graduate students and, you know, particularly the graduate students are, you know, are hoping to professionalize and I think one of the things we don't do a great job of in MFA programs is sort of presenting a, a, a real picture of what the life of a writer is outside of academia, right? Where you don't have to search for your audience. Your audience shows up every week, dutifully shows up, dutifully reads your work, dutifully comments on your work, right? That you, you don't have to garner an audience. You don't have to. Uh, uh, and, and I think this leaves a lot of our students a little bit crippled, right? They haven't developed the muscle memory of, you know, what it is that you do to to get an audience and how you collaborate with folks, how you collaborate with, you know, your editor, uh, April, or how you collaborate with the editorial assistant and marketing folks, that kind of thing. So what what is the role of the writer in all this? What do you what do you ask a writer? You you know, you, you the book has been accepted, it's been, you know, it's been finished for publication, it's the publication date is approaching. What does the writer do for you? Like how do you collaborate with the writer to to market the work? So one of the most important things that a writer can do to market their work is be on social media. And I know that can be a touchy subject for some people, kind of like the process of putting your life on there doesn't appeal to everyone. And I understand that because I was also like a little bit of a late bloomer to social media. I didn't get a Facebook account until I was a full, had a full semester of my MFA program completed. I held out that long. And okay, yeah. Well, see, I'm, I'm, I'm still not on Twitter and I, and I, 
Facebook. Oh, well, uh, sell those books and you get on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, no, that's, that's, uh, yeah. So this is, you know, I, I week after week of, of, uh, working with April on this podcast, I keep hearing what a bad citizen I am. And uh, it's absolutely true. I, I plead completely guilty to to that. Okay, so so Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Now, I gather Instagram is uh, the young people, right? That is, Facebook is just people my age and my parents' age. And then uh, uh, Twitter is uh, sort of, you know, people, people April's age. And then Instagram is where all the hip people are now. I tend to think of, I don't think of the age demographics of, of social media quite like that. I think, well, no, I, that, that's because I think, I'm completely ignorant. Facebook, you know what Facebook's you're talking a about. Way, yeah. Facebook's a way to contact people you know. Twitter's a way to contact the people you want to know. Okay. And that's why Twitter is an important platform for marketing yourself and marketing the work that you're putting out to the world. Because you're accessing an audience that isn't, going to just show to your reading because they have to meet you for coffee next week and they're afraid they won't be able to look you in the eye if they didn't get your book. Okay. All right. And and that's the Facebook crowd is people who at some point will have to look you in the eye where, and, and, and Twitter is strangers. And, but and where is Instagram and in all this? I keep hearing Instagram. This is, this is, it seems like all my students talk about is Instagram. And I assume Instagram has, has pictures, photographs that are instant. Yeah, I feel like kind of just um, summed it up there. I myself am still a little new to Instagram. Right. If you want to know more about Instagram, Emery, our social media manager, is the person you'd want to talk to. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get. We'll have to get Emery back on the horn. Yeah. She can. She can educate me about uh, about uh, about Instagram. So. All right. Well. And so. And so. But so. The writer needs to be active on Twitter. What does the writer need to be doing on Twitter? Um, me I mean, just talking about the book. Like yeah. I, I, I just I, if when I as I drone on about my own work, like I, I bore myself, and I can't imagine I'm not boring everybody who's listening to me. What do you? <laughs> what do they do? Should they have adventures? Should they make up lies? What 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 should they do to to garner a Twitter audience? One of the most important ways you can get people to read your work is by reading the work of other people. Okay. Nothing makes a writer happier than knowing that their work connected with someone. And if you want to receive that, you have to give that. So I love going on Twitter and I, people will put up tweets about, Oh, I got this poem in a magazine. My story got published here. And I'll take the five minutes or so it takes to read that and just say, hey, I liked it. Or even if I don't have time to put out words, I just like the tweet to mm -hmm. let them know that I read it and I like what they're doing. And a lot of being quote unquote successful just stems from being a good literary citizen in that nature and being part of a community. It all stems from community and if you want to be a part of a community, you have to go out there and find your own and find where you fit into that. And I think Twitter makes that really accessible. There's a lot of people on there. Um, the character limits, what, 280 characters right now. So it's all pretty tweet. You get to take in a lot of information in a small amount of time and it helps you find your people. Okay, so 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 it's about finding your people. That is that is the writer. The writer needs to figure out who her people are 
and then and then find those those people on Twitter by paying attention to what they do and that sort of thing. And presumably there's a there's a kind of ethos of of you know liking things and following things and hashtagging things and and so on and so forth that is that's beyond me. Uh, just as a, as a non Twitter user, but I, but I will leave it to you. So, so say you get somebody like me, right? SFK publishes my book and I come to you and I say, well, Nicole, I, I, I do not have a Twitter account and I shuttered my Facebook account. Uh, uh you know, the, the, you know, ever since MySpace died, I've felt depressed about social media. So what do you, what do you do with someone like me? Well, first thing I'm going to ask you is, Give me a list of early reviewers for your book. Okay, all and right. Those are those, we're going to put advanced copies into those people's hands, and the first week of your book launch, they're going to get on Amazon and they're going to review that book, and that's going to show your book to people who may have never considered your book, but considered something similar. Okay, and 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 that's- those those early reviewers are. Are, are people I know or, you know, I'm going to give you a list of, you know, of, of kind of folks I know who would be receptive to my work, that kind of thing? Yep. The type of person that maybe you can uh, bug every few days or so. Mm-hmm. And be like, hey, you're reading my book. I need you to have that review by October 12th. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. Yeah. All right. And then, and then, and, and then what else do I do? What, I mean, what do you need? Are what you- do you need from me? Do you need my biography? Do you need, you know, what, 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 what? What you know, if I'm a if I'm a you know writer with a book, what should I be prepared to 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 send you? Do I, you know? Was um so you had mentioned at the beginning of the question that you don't have any social media. So are you kind of are we pretending that you're like resistant to that? And how would <laughs> well, we don't have to pretend that, but but okay. you know, well, I'm I'm resistant to it, but but we'll, we'll say I'm resistant to it, but I am receptive to the idea of selling more of my books. Right. That, you know, that that is, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a writer who has come to SFK and I, I have a good will and I'm I'm intrigued by, you know, by Twitter. So is that the first thing I do? I get a Twitter handle. If you're if you're a little bit new to social media mm-hmm. and it's something you're willing to participate in on a daily basis, starting with Facebook might be the better way to go because what we're going to do at SFK is we're going to make sure that on our pages we publicize reviews and places where your book is being talked about and what you could do on Facebook is help us share those because we're going to collect them neatly on our page so they're already out there and you can give them an extra boost and get them out to other people. Okay, so so essentially, I, I get myself a Facebook page, and I, I visit it, and I, I link to your page, and I I use the material that you're you're creating about my book, and I share it out to my Facebook friends, and they presumably because they love me, they share it out to their friends, and it metastasizes across the universe. Exactly. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Great. But but Twitter, tw- but Twitter is a more sort of daily experience. Yeah. Twitter is a, you know, is a, you know, where, whereas I can visit my Facebook, you know, three times a week, you know, Twitter is something I, you know, I need to be creating content for on a, on a regular basis. Is that, do I understand that correctly? Yes. Because, because Twitter has, Twitter is faster. Stuff happens because it's a shorter form of social media. Right. The cycles of, not quite news, but content on Twitter goes by more quickly. And to really 
get the most of that, you have to be in the moment. Whereas Facebook can like sit a little bit longer. Cause um, it's, it's for people who are familiar with using the Facebook app, we all know how you'll get posts on your timeline that are eight days old and you ask yourself, why am I seeing this again? I already interacted and liked with this post, but Facebook decided to need to show you again. So, but that won't happen on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. So, so Twitter, it's just scrolling by, scrolling by and it, and it's very much of the moment. It, it, yeah. There's no, Twitter has no memory or something like that. Unless yeah. something is like super, super, super viral and like people just keep on, you know, retweeting it. And right, right, it, right. And it, and it gets some, you know, some hashtag goes viral and, right. you know, and, and so on and so forth. And so, so, April, are you on Twitter? I'm, I'm not going to ask for your, your Twitter handle, but do you have experience with Twitter? Um, I do. My handle um, is April Ford author, and it's completely inactive. Uh, I'm sort of like you, Whitney. I, um, although I plan to be much better. You're, with- you're, you're nothing like me, April. You're charming. You, <laughs> you, you, you're, you're aware of what's happening around you. You're aware of other people. Well, so, but, 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 I, but I appreciate the comparison. It's very funny. Um, in terms of our social media preferences. Ah, there we go. Okay. I um with my first story collection, my first my uh, first book came out in 2015 and it's story collection and I had really good training from the director of the publishing company uh, of the independent press, um, Santa Fe Writers Project. He just from the beginning, you know, and this is back in 2013 when the process began for sure. 2015. So I got a really good early education about the importance of social media. Um, so I had everything, Facebook, uh, you know, Twitter, and maybe Instagram, if it even existed then. or um, I don't, I'm not even sure if it did, but I feel like I had three social media outlets. I overdid it and got exhausted, to, like, just before my book even came out, um, and that kind of soured me against it. And then I just decided to rebel against social media, the world of social media, by just not promoting myself, which is ridiculous, because I'm the only person I hurt, and I displeased my publisher. Uh, I have a novel coming out in 2020 in the spring. I'm not going to make that same mistake, but I figure I have a year to slowly start cultivating an audience that I want, and I'm going to do it through Facebook since I already have a Facebook account. Um, I, I tell writers, you know, if you really are just so averse to social media, your teeth just gnash into each other and your tongue is bloody because you're like, so can't do this, then choose one and just grow that one. You know, if you really just can't imagine doing it, then don't overwhelm yourself. Don't force yourself to do something that's just going to make you miserable because it'll reflect in your posts. I think they, they they may seem forced. It'll you'll be less inclined to engage with the community and and be part of it. And frankly, no author is going to be successful just posting about themselves only all the time. Like that that part about sounding forced is a really good one mm-hmm. because. Pe- readers go on social media and look at authors on social media to kind of see the person behind the book. Mm-hmm. They don't go there to see another ad. Yeah. Um, even look at, like, God, go, go to Stephen King's uh, Twitter page. I mean, he says it as it is. He has made comments yeah. just like, fuck that, and then retweeted something Trump has said, for example. You know, uh, Dave Morrell, also a uh, thriller writer. I mean, you know, some of the stuff he puts is pretty, like, it's him. I mean, you know, maybe they've thought about it a little bit because you're, you have a huge audience, you know, but... Um, you gotta be yourself, so and brand yourself at the same time. So it's it's a yeah. it's a process, and you have to start soon. You can't just build something like that 
overnight. And that's why as publishers, we, you know, usually the quickest something can be done effectively. I mean, with hybrid publishing and self-publishing, I think it could be done a lot more quickly. But with a traditional publisher or a small press or an indie press, minimum six months. I mean, yeah, a a year. As an author, you're not actually marketing your book. You're marketing yourself Mm -hmm. and reminding people that you have a book. Yeah, written by you, that right? By exactly, and so it's like it's just a battle of charming personalities, you know. And again, you really need to support your peers. I was at a conference this weekend, and Tracy Crow was one of the speakers, and she. Oh, is- Tracy! How is Tracy? Hey, Tracy! Um, I love Tracy. She's wonderful, and she, you know, she really talked about just how you, as a writer, part of your uh, part of your duty for the citizenship that you have is to, in fact help open doors for other writers. So if another writer with whom you're friends and you respect and respects you says, hey, would you mind, like, maybe giving me some of your contacts or just pointing me in a certain direction? Like, they're not asking to take over your, you know, the role you have with your editor or they're not trying to invade your little slice of the pie, as Tracy put it, because there is no little slice of the pie, right? We're all just struggling in the same way. Um, it's, it's, it can only really work in your favor if you uh, help in that way and to be sort of selfish about it and afraid is just going to like is just going to keep you away from from the whole community and and so I think on social media it's a thing to keep in mind too like you want to promote other writers you know you want to support your peers you want to offer contacts when you're able to you know well and so I mean it's that this sounds to me very much like we're, we're coming back to Nicole's dictum right of you know find your people yeah that it, you know that being open-handed being generous being unafraid um, uh, you know, all of those things, which are, which are directly contrary to my nature, um, which is probably why I, why I resist the idea. And, 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 and part of it is too, I mean, the, the, the notion of, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're right, Nicole, and you know far more about it than I do, that the notion that you're, you are sort of advertising yourself and mentioning that you have a book, that is, I'm perfectly happy to, like, I think my books are pretty good, right? I, you know, I can put my books in somebody's hand and say, this is, you know, this is definitely worth the cover price or what have you. But saying that about myself is, it seems to me a somewhat different, uh, it's a different kettle of fish. You, you, you know what I mean? Like my work, I can represent me, you know, pretty, pretty dicey. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've, I've done it again. All right. Well, well. So we, we we've talked a great deal about marketing and about you know social media and that kind of thing. And and we're you know we're probably coming in on the end of our time. But but so what what else? Uh, uh, you know what 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 else does an editorial assistant do? What what you know what are the other you know besides sort of you know making sure that uh, Steve takes his meds and that uh, your authors get out there and, and advertise themselves and, and so on and so forth. What are, what, what are the other things that you, that you do at, uh, S, at SFK? Are you, are you, are you um, exclusively with the press or are you, are you part of the larger SFK uh, multimedia empire? I'm part of the uh, larger multimedia empire. Part of the I, empire. Aside, All right. Aside from serving as editorial slash marketing assistant directly with the press, I'm also the managing editor of New Southern Fugitives, which is our weekly zine. Great. Good. And, and listeners to this podcast should absolutely subscribe to the weekly zine. Mm-hmm. Yes. You can go to NewSouthernFugitives.com and up in our header, there's a little link that says, subscribe and when you click on that 
you can subscribe. I, mean, I, you I, 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 I have done so, and every week it shows up in my uh, yeah. in my mailbox. Yeah, I mean, that, once a week. <laughs> I made that. I made that email. You're receiving. <laughs> All right. It's weekly and it's free for subscribers, and it pays contributors. So whether you are a contributor or just a reader, you know that you are um, supporting uh, something that is every emerging mid-career and experienced writers' fantasies to get paid. Right. Just like I said earlier about wanting to promote other people's Mm -hmm. work and be a part of that community, New Southern Fugitive is a great place to start. Every week we put a fresh piece in your inbox and put it on Twitter, put that up on Facebook. And we call it up again every few months. We continue to promote our, our contributors. So Emery, our social media person, has this complex and wonderful schedule that she builds every week to make sure that... You know, a piece hasn't been mentioned. It's been it was published five months ago. Oh, well, let's bring that back. Let's you know put it on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Let's um, uh, use the author's handle if he or she or they have one. Um, and uh, and so that way we're we're you know always making sure our writers get promoted as well. And then of course they retweet or they share. So. Yeah, no, that uh, that that is terrific. Well, all right. Well, why don't we why don't we uh, why don't we call that a day? Uh, I, I have annoyed you all enough, uh, and we'll, we'll call it a day. But but why don't you can can you wind up? Maybe it's appropriate that we wind up by uh, uh, listing all the various uh, social media and other ways that folks can uh, can be in contact with uh, SFK and uh, uh, and and learn learn more about the the whole Southern Fried Karma experience. Okay, so um, on Facebook, you can find us at Southern Fried Karma, all one word. Uh, on Twitter, we are um, SFK underscore uh, multimedia. Underscore is that line, the low line. <laughs> um, <laughs> like shift hyphen, right? Shift hyphen. Uh, yeah. So it drops it down to floor level. And then um, we are the same on Instagram, SFK underscore multimedia. And you can actually sign up for our newsletter um, through any of our three websites, southernfriedkarma.com, sfkpress.com, and newsouthernfugitives.com. There's basically no excuse not to sign up for our newsletter. I, I agree. I, I, I think it, it should be punishable that, <laughs> that, yeah, that people who, who, have, who have not yet taken the opportunity to sign up for, the, for New Southern Fugitives. And if you're looking to have a little bit of a foundation for building community on southernfriedkarma.com, you can go to look at the SFK team page and you can find some of our social media handles mm-hmm. on there. See what we're about. And Good. Excellent. So that, that, is a, that is a great way in then. So, so folks, prospective writers, uh, hopeful writers who are listening to this can uh, have, have not only gained wisdom, but now they have an action point. They can they can they can sign out of this podcast and go and get a hold of you all and start finding their people. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Outstanding. Well, thank you very much, Nicole, for talking to us. This has been Fugitive Voices, a podcast about the books and writers of the new millennium, sponsored by SFK Press. And we are out. Bye bye. See you. See you after a while. Yep. Thanks for listening to Fugitive Voices, a podcast about books and writers of the new millennium. See you again soon.